Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. This is your host, Jared Pruger, as always. Let's get into the big college football news this week. The college football playoff is considering a proposal to expand to a 12-team format. This is huge for Penn State. This is huge for college football. This is the biggest piece of news I think that we'll get this summer outside of players making money off of their names, but that's for a later date. Now, a 12-team format means that Penn State now has a greater chance to make the college football playoff, something that they have not done since its inception. They've been close. They've been on the outside looking in quite a few times. Now, if you go back in time and, and take a look at what you think things would look like with a 12-team playoff, Back in 2016, I think Penn State definitely gets in. They were on the outside looking in. Um, now you look at them, and and here they are. You know, you you. This is something that's going to be huge. Now, obviously, the odds are are better for them to get into a 12-team playoff compared to a 14-team playoff. And there have been a lot of jokes running around about this being like an SEC tournament type deal. But you know, the way that it the way that it works is the group of five teams all. Uh, the conference champions are all guaranteed, and and then the, um, then the or the power five are all guaranteed. The group of five gets one, uh, and then the rest are at large. And I think that's going to be huge. That is going to be huge because it, obviously the six highest ranked conference champions, um, and then the six ranked highest ranked other teams is going to be a big deal. Um, now there's no limit that would have. There's not going to be a limit on the number of participants. From a particular conference, so you could get seven teams of the SEC. Not that that's possible. You could get three or four teams out of the Big Ten. Maybe not that that's possible too. But it's anything is up for grabs. Now, of note, if you if if you um, remember me saying this correctly here, just a few moments ago, it's for the conference champions. So, as far as the six highest ranked conference champions, that means Notre Dame doesn't get in to the first six. Um, so they would have to qualify for the six, uh, the other six at large bids, uh, for the college football playoff. That's huge for Notre Dame. That's huge for, for college football too. Um, so that's, I think important to note. Um, but the biggest thing is this gives more opportunities to more people and it makes in the NCAA more money. And that is what we're all about in the NCAA. It's all about the money, money, money. Now, you're going to be promoting this. Um, you're going to be, you know, the, the TV revenues are going to go out of this world for this because it's more college football. And who doesn't love college football in, in December? And I think the NCAA realized this as they were going through this season with a lot of teams playing into late December without there being a bull season. So I think that's important to note. Um, but as far as Penn State goes now, you take a look at their schedule. Their schedule, they're playing Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State at least once every year. That's that's on their side of the division, of the Big Ten. Now, they also, well, I mean, obviously this year they play Wisconsin, they play in Iowa, they play, you know, teams like that. That's big, too, because now... They can afford to lose to an Ohio State. They can afford to not make it to the Big Ten Championship game and still make this little postseason tournament type deal, the, the college football playoff, if, if it's 12 teams. Now, this won't start immediately. That's This is scheduled to start 
uh, if it's approved, which I'm sure that it will be, uh, at or in 2023. So now, like I said, now they don't have to beat Ohio State every year. Now, obviously, the the plan and the and the desire is to beat Ohio State every year, but now they don't have to. Now they can be okay. Well, this game, you know, it doesn't mean as much as it once did. Obviously, the bragging rights, and you're still playing for a Big Ten championship, but. Now it's, okay, we lost to Ohio State, we can take a deep breath, and let's see where they fall. But, it, I mean, I think it's I think it's very important. Um, you know, the champions, the four highest-ranked champions would be seeded 1-4 to four and receive a first-round bye. Teams 5-12 to 12 would play in the first round on the home field of the higher-ranked team. So this takes out a, a multitude of bulls. Um, which is, you know, it, that's, I think, uh, not a bad thing. Um, I think there are too many bowl games. As great as those opportunities are, I think they are very watered down. Um, so I think the less bowls, the better. Um, now, the teams, like I said, they'll play higher-ranked teams at their home field. So I think that would be awesome. You know, if you're if Penn State's sitting at maybe number seven or number eight or wherever they're falling, where they're hosting, you know, hosting a hosting a primetime Beaver Stadium game in December, I think would be pretty cool. Uh, and I think that's something that's huge for the university too, because that's another game's worth of revenue, uh, depending on how they split it up. Whether, um, but that's going to be, uh, I think, something that uh, that all schools are going to to appreciate. I mean, yeah, it's a little extra work. It's another week of work. But at the same time, that's an excellent opportunity to make a lot more money. They're going to make money on ticket sales. They're going to make money in uh, parking fees, merchandise, concessions. It's a win-win for everybody. It just takes a little bit of extra work that they've already done throughout the rest of the season. Um, then the quarterfinals and semifinals would be played in bowl games, and the national championship game would remain at a neutral site. So that's where the New Year's Six comes in. That's where the uh, national championship comes in. Now, let's think about it like that. You know, Notre Dame, even if they're the number one team in the country, they don't get into that bye. They can't be seated higher than number five. And that's, you know, that's the punishment for not having a conference. Obviously, this year, this past year, they played in the ACC. Uh, now they're back to being an independent once again. So that's that's a big deal. That's Obviously, they've got to earn their way into to certain things. Now they have to earn their way into that second round, and if they're if they are good enough to make that, um, you know, that's I think going to be an excellent, an, an excellent, excellent uh, thing for the for the college football playoff. The plan is for first round games to take place on campus sometime during a two week period, following conference championship games. The quarterfinals would be played on January first or January second, when uh, New Year's Day falls on a Sunday. Or an, and on an adjacent day. Now, the this allows for the possibility of teams competing in 17 games. But, I mean, it's for that to happen, a team seeded 5-12 to 12 would have to play in a conference championship game, qualify for a first-round game, and then run the table. So, um, you know, teams aren't going to be playing more than probably 16 or 17 games. Uh, so that, I think, is very important as well. Um but it's going to be one of those situations where it, you know, this is. I think this is excellent for college football moving forward. This is excellent for Penn State. This is excellent for teams all around the country because now it gives them a fair shot to make that college football playoff and run the table. Say Penn State is is on fire going into into the conference championship game. They play 
let's say in Wisconsin, beat them in the Big Ten Championship game, like 2016, uh, and then go to the postseason. Well, now they can host – at that point in time, I think Penn State um, w- was just outside of that top four. So they host a first-round game at Beaver Stadium. That happens, boom, go to the next round. They ride that momentum into what could be the potential national championship. There's a lot to like about that, and there's a lot to like about – the just over it it overall because this is huge for college football. This is going to mean a lot more money for universities, for TV deals, for everybody involved except for of course the players because they can't make a name for themselves or make money off of their name at this point in time. But we can get to that uh, at a later date. So I think this is important. This is going to be big for Penn State football, um, big for the Big Ten, big for all of college football. But we will get back to talking about Penn State and what they have coming up as far as recruiting goes uh, on the other side of this break. And I will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to, seg- to the second segment of the We Are Podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. As always, this is Jared Prugar. Let's talk about Drew Aller. You know, I don't really get into a lot of recruiting, but I think Drew is, is a guy and a, a player that we need to talk about on this podcast. He is, at the end of the month, going to uh, the Elite 11 camp uh, in L.A. Obviously, that is a great thing. If you remember uh, back when Christian Hackenberg was being recruited. He went to the 11 clinics, uh, with Trent Dilfer. Um, and, and to be fair, he played very well his freshman year at, at Penn state, but, but our is a kid that was recruited by Mike Yurcich at Texas. He's an Ohio guy to get him to come to Penn state is huge. But the biggest thing in getting him to Penn state was Yurcich. And this shows Yurcich's ability to recruit and recruit quality talent because I think Allers is going to be the real deal. Now, obviously, they have Bo Perbola in that class as well. But Aller is a guy that says he's 107% committed to Penn State. So, obviously, he's he's in. Uh, anytime you hear somebody mention 177,000, 107, anything involving the, ten, the fans, the attendance, they are all in. That's big because this is a guy that he can go to the Elite 11 clinics and compete and have many more offers whether it's be whether it would be from down south, but this is a guy that's committed to the university because of Mike Yurcich because he thinks this is the right fit, and I think that's big for Penn State moving forward. Is he he plans to enroll early, which is always a great thing, and and I think one of the one of the cool things about him is he was able to set foot in campus uh, just a couple weeks ago or a couple um, you know last week, and instead of walking around and being shuttled around campus and shown off and shown all the bells and whistles of University Park and, and the community, he instead insisted on participating in the elite camp um, at Penn State. And that's that's huge because not only is this a guy that wants to show what he is able and what he's potentially capable of doing, but it's a guy that wants to compete. He wants to get better, and he wants to show why the coaches recruited him the way that they have. That is big, um, you know, and he gets to throw to guys like Mackay Flowers and Caden Saunders. That's that's huge for development because now you're getting those reps together and that just that 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 little trickle of of, uh, of teamwork and you know comfort I think could go a long way once he gets to campus, which he 
plans to enroll early. And anytime that that happens, I think that's huge. So it, kudos to Penn State for, for landing him. Um, but he's a guy that has all the potential in the world. Um, obviously, like you, you talk about Texas, and recruiting in Texas is wild. Texas high school football is uh, it should could be its own league. It could be in a league of its own. Um, just how crazy it is. Because a lot of those high schools look like they're college stadiums. They're better than, than a lot of the stadiums that, that, that certain teams play in. Uh, especially at the FCS level rather than the FBS level. But Mike Yurcich is a guy that was at Texas. Uh, and he wanted a kid from Ohio. Texas has plenty of depth, plenty of quarterbacks. Plenty of everything that you could ask for as a college football coach. But this is a your such wanted a guy from Ohio. Well, why did he want a guy from Ohio? Well, this is a what from what he has said, it's a guy that has NFL player capabilities. Uh, he has that he has that ability, he has that uh what could work out to be an NFL career. Now obviously it's way too early to tell. He still hasn't graduated high school. But when you have that type of pedigree, that is huge for guys to come and try to find you and, and try to recruit you. So now, you know, Aller's finally on campus for the first time. He's finally able to see the facilities and get in front of the coaches in person for the first time. That's big too. And, you know, the eye test is you can only see so much on film. You can only see certain things on film, but now you can see how he warms up. You can see every little intricacy of his game outside of what you see on film. The stretching routine, just the, everything that builds up to what he ends up doing on the field. That is big for Penn State. That's big for everybody. Um, so that's huge. And I think that's big um, and important for Penn State because they're getting a guy like this. Now, will he stick around if your stick, sticks around? You hope so. Um, because, I mean, we've talked about this at length uh, at times on this podcast. Yurcich is a guy that could either be here a long time or he could be here uh, until next year and to be out for a head coaching position. There's really no in-between. I think, you know, it's, it's not where he's going to be sticking around for four years and be gone. He's either here for the long haul or he's here and gone. I, I, I think that's just how it is. Now, that depends on his aspirations to be a, a head football coach. It also depends on his aspirations to coach elsewhere and a bunch of other different things. So I think, you know, that's that's a factor too. But when you have a guy that, you know, finally gets on campus, is committed to Penn State and, and fully committed, and a guy that can't and can and will get better as the summer goes on, as the fall goes on, up until the point where he gets to school um, next winter, you know, that's, that's a big deal. And this is one of the most elite quarterbacks that Penn State has landed in quite some time. And that's exactly what Penn State needs. They've not had that elite quarterback since Christian Hackenberg uh, to come in, do their thing. Obviously, Trace McSorley was draft or was, um, you know, convert, was a safety at certain points. But Penn State, one of them as a quarterback, was a very lowly recruited, uh, low stars. But once they get to campus, again, the stars don't matter. Everybody is the same. Everybody's, you know, there for a reason. So I think that's going to be important to to watch. And just see how this development continues because, you know, it, it, he's a guy that is obviously if he's locked in this early in the process and, and this 2022 class is pretty impressive so far with, with Penn State and Saunders and Flowers um, as well as Aller and Bo Prabula. So that's going to be, you know, getting those guys and getting those guys to continuously recruit those fringe guys that don't really know what they're doing yet but are on Penn State's radar and have offers. You know, those guys are going to be able to recruit those the the guys that are already there are going to be able to recruit the guys that Penn State wants 
and and tell them, listen, I think they the they've got a special thing going. I think the 2022 routine class recruiting class is going to be top notch uh, for the Alliance if they pan out. Because let's be real, once they get to campus, things change. Everybody changes. They're not the big fish in a small pond anymore. Now you're all equal. Now you got to earn your playing time just like the rest of everybody else. And if if those guys are able to do it, that could be huge. Um, now, like I said, June first, recruiting opened up, and they're finally hosting people on campus. They're finally getting people in the buildings. That's only going to keep driving the buzz around Penn State in the last building, and I think that's huge um, moving forward. So, you know what what will happen? Anything is possible. But I expect them to. I expect Penn State and James Franklin to continue building on that 2022 class, and I think that it's going to be largely successful. I think that they're going to come in and make an impact early in certain positions, and I think that's exactly what Penn State needs. That's what it's. You know, you need a quarterback, especially one that can come in and make an immediate impact. And between Prabola and Aller, I think that they have a very good chance to to come and do that. And I still don't think that Penn State is done um, for the summer, as far as. Uh, how the quarterback situation is, is lined up. I think they still get a guy maybe closer to camp, maybe towards the end of summer workouts, right before camp starts, um, to come in and, and, and make that a little bit more of a competition. But, you know, things are starting to, to ramp up. And then in July, everything kind of ramps down with coaches taking vacations and getting away and kind of um, de-stressing and, you know, getting ready and, and getting ready for August and, and for the season. So it'll be interesting to see how this – how, how recruiting continues to develop for Penn State, especially as the camp season continues, as people can get back onto campus um, whenever and, and whenever they can. So I think that's going to be uh, a thing to watch for the rest of the summer. But until then, you know, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how this roster shapes up moving into uh, the the uh, the fall and into next year's recruiting cycle. But for right now, it's time for us to say goodbye to this episode of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I will catch you next week with an all-new episode. This has been Jared Pruer, and I will hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you next week.